What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Flipping It, the podcast all about reselling. This week's episode is episode 30, so big milestone there, 30 episodes, super excited about that. Um, I'm going to be recording in my car this time, so I'm sorry if there's any background noise uh, with the air going. Uh, I apologize for that. Shouldn't be too bad, I kind of checked, I didn't really hear much, so I apologize for that if you can hear that. But for this week's episode, I'm going to be doing a Q&A for episode 30. I'm just kind of pulled all the questions I've been getting asked recently on Instagram. So if you ever have any questions, always feel free to uh, DM me on Instagram at flipping it underscore. And I'd be glad to answer any of your questions. Uh, But I thought it'd be a good idea since it's kind of a special 30 uh, episodes in uh, to do a little Q&A of all the questions I get asked frequently. Because if you don't ask the questions, maybe you have the questions and you just didn't know to ask it. Or hopefully I can just help you in general by saying the questions. Um, but I'm going to get into that. But first, I'm going to start off with what, what happened this week. Um, pretty cool week. Actually, this week, I ha- um, went to two book sales in one week, which is really rare. I've never done that before. Um, I don't really even go to book sales that often because they just aren't that common in my area. Um, they more uh, They're about an hour, two-hour drive for most of the book sales I see, uh, except for a couple that are kind of close. So the first one was actually at a Savers uh, thrift store. Uh, they did a 50% off all their books for um, the rewards program. Uh, so I just got an email on that. I went over there. I saw 50% off all the books. Uh, obviously, book sales like that are going to be really busy. Uh, there was about 10 to 12 other people scanning books at the same place at the same time. So for every book sale, I always recommend to get there super early. Um, be ready. It's really nice to have an extra person with you if you can. Um, with the store like Savers, it wasn't really necessary because I just had a cart with me. Um, but the second sale, I was definitely glad I had someone with me. Uh, but with this Savers sale, about 10 to 15 other people showed up. I got there about 20 minutes early right when the store opens. Uh, just the first person in line. I always like to be the first. Uh, it was kind of just like a group of people, so it wasn't like a certain line. But I was the first one in the store. doesn't really matter. People are like two seconds behind me, but it just makes me feel good being the first one in. Uh, so I just grab a cart and get to scanning. Uh, this section of the books are actually sectioned off at Savers. So by each category. So there's like the textbooks, religion, um, whatever other categories, cooking, health and fitness, whatever other categories of books, nonfiction, fiction, like the whole area is separated. Um, so I wanted to pick out the because I knew people would go to the textbook section. That's because that's where big money is on the books. Uh, but I've been to the Savers a couple times and it's hit or miss a lot of times on their textbooks. I've gotten a good amount of textbooks there and I've got literally zero textbooks scanning the whole entire section. So I thought it would be a safer bet to go to the religious section because that is good for me. So I kind of just established myself at the religious section. I put my cart next to me so no one can scan the section next to me. And then I scan the section to the right, which is kind of a little bit scummy of a move, but I did it anyways because I wanted those books. Um, and everyone else kind of had their own section, so it was kind of cool. And they, everyone else was doing the same thing, so it wasn't that bad. Uh, but I just scanned through the religious section first. Uh, I did really well. I got a great amount of books there. Uh, I saw the person actually scanning at the textbook section uh, about had had about half the books in his cart that I did. He might have had more profit, potentially, in some of the books. Um, but it was pretty cool that I think I made the right decision with going to the religious 
section instead of the textbook section. Um, and I got a lot of books. There's also a lot more books in general to scan through the religious section. There's only about uh, one full thing of books in the textbooks, and there's about three in uh, the religious section. So then after that, I kind of looked around to see what hasn't been picked through all that much. Um, you can kind of tell when a uh, shelf has been picked through, uh, just because if you see like books falling over or like just a lot of empty sections in the book shelf, um, that usually means that someone grabbed a whole bunch of books from that shelf, pushed them all to one side. So there's that big empty gap. So I looked for anything that didn't really have that, which was actually the health and fitness section. Didn't look like it was picked over too much. And if it was, it was barely touched. Um, so I ended up going there second. And I got a great amount of books there as well. So I only went to the two sections of the books. I could have scanned through the rest of them. Uh, but honestly, I didn't think it was really worth the time it would take to scan through all of them. Because I have already seen people scan through them. Usually I would, but I kind of wanted to get these books prepped and ready to go out the next day. Um, so I didn't scan through the rest of the books. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. Really just depends on if I really need books or if I don't. And I didn't really need a ton of books. Uh, because I already scanned a bunch the day before and had about half a shipment already ready to go. So I ended up getting a total of 86 books for $112. Uh, the Savers books are honestly so overpriced, I rarely ever source there, uh, unless if it's these 50% off. Because even at uh, 50% off with $112 total for 86 books, it's quite hefty. Um, just imagining those books being $224 is mind-blowing. Um I can't even imagine that uh, for 86 books. Um, there's no profit to be made there, most likely, or if there is, there's very little. Um, so I rarely ever source at that Savers location just because they price their books super high and it really just takes a lot of time to find books um, because they're so expensive. So you only can buy a certain book because, you know, the cheaper the book is, the more you can buy because the more likely is their profit. So when they're more expensive, the less likely are to, are to find profit in the books. Uh, so I try and source places that have really cheap options so I can buy as many books as possible. Uh, so that was the first sale uh, first sale that week. That was on a Monday, I believe, or Tuesday. And then later in the week on Saturday, I ended up going half garage sale, half book sale, which was super fun. Um, this was the same sale I went to a couple months ago. They have this sale every two months. It's really close to my house. I really like this sale a lot. 25 cents a book. Big steal on all the books. Super excited with that. Um, so the beginning of the day, I, it started at about 6.30. Garage sailing. I went to a couple places. Got some pretty cool stuff. I ended up heading over to the book sale around 9. Getting there about an hour early. 45 minutes to an hour early. First one in line again. I always like being the first. Uh, again, doesn't really matter because people are right behind me anyways. But it's just fun. Because I can kind of pick out where I want to start. Um, the other people might have to like go to the second spot. I don't know. It's just fun for me. I like being the first one. It just gives that good feeling. Uh, but the book sales are a rush, especially this one uh, with a bunch of people in the small room. If you're a longtime listener, I remember I talked about this one a couple months ago. Uh, the same thing, pretty small room. Um, no service in the actual building itself, but they do have Wi-Fi, which was nice. Uh, so for people that are new to selling books, you can get a live version and a database version. Um, and the reason people use database versions is one, because it's faster to go through the books, but two, it's also helpful when there's no service. Um, so if they didn't offer Wi-Fi, the database would be nice because I'd still be able to scan the books uh, and make money. And 
other people might not be able to. So if like the Wi-Fi was down or something or something happened with the Wi-Fi, there's no service, that backup option is really nice to have. And you do pay extra for that, um, but it is nice to have. So, and it also just helps you scan through them a lot faster than having to do a live lookup each time you scan a book. Um, so I did notice some people were having to wait a little bit. Uh, so I just had the database was able to go super fast at these sales. You kind of have to go really fast because if you're not, you're just going to get out scanned by other scanners. Um, so get your Bluetooth scanners, get your database app, uh, and just scan away as fast as possible or else you're just not going to be able to keep up with the other scanners there. Um, you'll obviously still be able to get a good amount of books, but not as many as you'd like. I ended up getting a total of 81 books at this sale uh, for $20.25. So just compared to that savers, uh, like almost $80, $90 cheaper. <laughs> so it is crazy. This sale is well worth it. I love this sale so much. One thing that made me a little bit annoyed with these scanners, um, there's two a uh, group of two guys scanning. Uh, I obviously don't mind when people scan because that would be very hypocritical of me, but these guys um, were doing something that well, they was told not to do uh, at the beginning of the sale. They kind of do a little preface, like, please be respectful, be polite, don't push, don't shove kind of thing. Uh, and they also said, don't just pick books off of the tables and then put them into a corner and then scan and then put the bad ones back. Um, so they said, if you're going to buy a book, buy it, don't take it off the table, uh, and then put it back on the table. Cause it's just unfair to other people, unfair to scanners if they want to scan and there's profit there. Uh, because sometimes people only accept like $5 profit, um, and other people will accept two. So it's just kind of rude and disrespectful for people to do that. Um, so don't do that. Uh, they were just, they picked out probably about 200 books, 150 to 200 books, off the shelves and the table and just put them into a corner and started scanning that way and then put them all, all the bad ones back onto the shelves and the tables, um, which is annoying because I could have potentially scanned those ones and gotten some profit or, you know, uh, but that's just kind of frowned upon. They got a little uh, stern talking to by a couple people there. So that was just one little thing I have. That's both of the book sales I went to this week. Now uh, let's get into the Q and a, uh, I'm going to start off with just kind of some basic questions uh, that I get asked quite frequently. Uh, so hopefully I can help you guys out and hopefully answer your questions if you haven't asked the questions or not. Uh, as I said before, always feel free to answer or ask any questions. I'll be free to answer those on Instagram uh, at flipping it underscore. So the first question is going to be, uh, what do I need for supplies when I'm starting out reselling? Um, the supplies that I use most often are obviously going to be boxes, uh, bubble wrap, tape, uh, scale is very important. And you can just use a regular printer to print your labels. So I get all of my um, boxes mostly from dumpsters. Uh, you can go to the back of big retail stores and uh, get free boxes there. Uh, you could also go to USPS and get some free boxes off of their website. Uh, for bubble wrap, I, I pretty much just buy my bubble wrap on eBay. I just try and get as much as I can, get a bulk deal. Um, just so I can, it's like a one-time payment. It's pretty cheap. You can find pretty cheap options. I don't use bubble wrap too often, so it lasts quite a while as well. So keep that in mind. Uh, for tape, again, just buy it. I usually buy around a, a pack of like 24 pieces of tape. I did that once, and now I actually get free eBay tape. 
because I have a higher subscription. So if you have a subscription to eBay, make sure to use your shipping supplies. I'll use it on tape almost always. I, I've, this is my first time doing it, so I just ordered uh, the tape for the first time last month, I think is what it was. Um, so you can get tape that way. And a scale, just get it off of Amazon or eBay. Um, I recommend a scale that weighs up to 50 pounds, just in case if you want to get into FBA shipments. Uh, you want to be able to weigh at least up to 50 pounds with those. So that those are kind of the basic things I need. And then just a regular household printer to print your shipping labels. Uh, and then if you really want to get into it, a Dymo 4XL label maker is what I use to ship my labels from. Uh, but those are really the basics, boxes, tapes, bubble wrap package filler you can just use newspapers uh, are kind of the basic supplies i use uh another question what uh does a bluetooth scanner do and why is it important uh it's only important for certain parts of reselling uh, i got this question quite often uh because our boy gary v uh made a whole thing about scanning he made it on his instagram so people were kind of confused on what it was what it does um so i got that question quite often uh bluetooth scanner as i said before with books it's very important so you can scan the barcodes of the books. Other than that, I don't really use a scanner at all. Um, I'll just search up most of my items on the eBay app or Amazon Seller Central with their uh, Bluetooth scanner or their scanner built into their app. Um, but other than books, I don't really use a Bluetooth scanner. It is very important for books as well. Uh, and it's also good to note that the Bluetooth scanner is just like a hardware um, it's just a scanner. So you have to connect it to your phone via Bluetooth. Uh, but you also need a scanning app as well to go with the scanner or else the scanner is kind of irrelevant. Um, so you'll need a Bluetooth scanner and an actual app as well to pair it so that you have the software and the hardware or else just the Bluetooth scanner is kind of irrelevant. Um, you can get a cheap eYoYo scanner uh, as a cheap version and the Opticon 2006 scanner is the one I use. It'll be around 140 to 190 and the EOO is about 40 so a lot cheaper version if you're looking to get a scanner. Uh, those are the ones that I'd recommend, and that's why you use them or not use them. So another question is, where can you find items to source? Uh, I find a lot of my items from garage sales, uh, thrift stores, estate sales, yard sales, all those places, rummage sales, uh, and then also local markets like Facebook Marketplace, Offer up, let go are all great places to source as well. Um, you could also go to Walmart's, Targets. It all really depends on what you want to do. So learn what you want to do and then try and figure out a best sourcing method for what you'd like to do. There's tons of different things to go to. You can find items almost anywhere in any store, any clearance section you can find items. You just have to put in the time to scan all the items, see what's profit and what's not profit. Um, but you can really find items anywhere. And then uh, where do you find these items? Are these sources, uh, places of source? Is uh, I use Yard Sale Treasure Map to find all my garage sales, yard sales, rummage sales. Uh, you could also go um, just on the Maps app on your phone to try and find thrift stores. You can just search thrift stores on the, on the app, and it'll show you all the local thrift stores. You can just go to Google and Google thrift stores, um, Google garage sales. They'll all pop up. And you'll find them that way. And then Walmart's targets are pretty obvious. You just Google them as well. <laughs> uh, mostly just Google everything uh, and you can find them that way. Um, where do you sell your items at? I sell uh, almost only on eBay, Amazon, and Mercari are the three that I'm really focusing on. I also do some local on Facebook and OfferUp. 
and let go sometimes. Um, but mostly those three, eBay, Mercari, and Amazon are my big three that I focus on. Um, majority of my stuff that I ship myself, I sell is through eBay. And then I almost only do FBA. I do some MF on Amazon, uh, but mostly FBA stuff. And then Mercari as well. It's very similar to eBay. Um, and then should you sell your items on more than one platform? Uh, I would say 100%. Uh, some people might not say only focus on one. I really like selling cross-platform. It helps a lot. Uh, sometimes items don't do as well on one platform as they do on the other. Um, sometimes your item just shows up better in the search results on one platform than the other. Uh, so I always cross-plat, always cross-list all my uh, eBay items to Mercari uh, just to get them both on those sites. I will rarely cross-list to Amazon um, because if I want to sell it on Amazon, I'll most likely just uh, FBA sell it and then have it just send it into Amazon. Uh, but most, I do all my items cross list on eBay and Mercari and where do, uh, another place of where you could sell your items is Poshmart. If you sell a lot of clothes, uh, Depop is a good one and there's a bunch of other ones. Also, you can Google those as well. Um, I rarely sell on those ones just because I don't really have the items necessarily because those are mostly closing items and I don't usually sell clothes. Um, how do you ship your items? So for shipping, I've been getting this a lot. Um, I use Pirate Ship to ship all of my shipping labels. Um, they just give you good rates, and it's just a pretty good interface. It's easy to use. Uh, people can use the eBay app, or, or not the eBay app, but the eBay um, desktop. Uh, you could also ship the labels through PayPal if you'd like. Um, but it's pretty easy. Um, just find your boxes. As I said earlier, uh, you're going to want to bubble wrap it if it's fragile. Or do whatever you need to do. Just make sure that the uh, item itself doesn't move at all or very little in the box itself. Then you'll just need to weigh it on the scale I also said that you need to get. Um, and then, oh, you'll also need a tape measure. So you want to measure out the length, width, and height of the box. And then uh, put those into Mercari. Or not Mercari. Uh, into Pirate Ship. And uh, they will estimate a shipping cost for you. And then you could print the label and then tape it onto the box. And that's pretty much all you need to do for shipping. Um, you'll over time start learning how much it costs to ship items. So definitely start learning that and noticing patterns with that. Um, it's very important because when you're outsourcing an item, let's say an item selling for 25 bucks, but it's a really big and heavy item. Uh, and it'll cost you around 25 bucks to ship it. You don't want to buy it because if it's only selling for 25 um, and it costs you 25 to ship it, then you no profit. So you don't want to buy that. Um, so just over time, you'll start to recognize how much it costs to ship certain items. Uh, so for example, if that item was still $25 and it was a small little game, you know, it only costs around three to five ish to, uh, ship it. Uh, you know, you can buy that because there is profit to be made there. So just start learning that and you recognize how much it costs to ship certain items. That was definitely a big tip I would have for people. Um, just learn that over time. And that just comes with time and also, uh, watching people do it, see how much it costs them to ship items. Um, just start watching people learning from other people. Uh, that's another big thing I would have to say. Uh, do you do free shipping on your items? I do as well do sh free shipping on almost all of my items, unless if it's going to be really big and heavy to ship, like over $30 to ship every 30 to $40 to ship, I'll usually charge shipping. 
Um, just because free shipping, I think, uh, they show better up in the search results. Uh, people will also often filter to free shipping listings. So they only want to buy items that offer free shipping. Um, and overall, I just think it's a better thing for me. I just, it's my preference. Um, people will, uh, do against it or whatnot. They'll have their own opinions. Uh, I like doing free shipping and it's really not free shipping if you think about it, because if an item's selling at $10 and it costs $4 to ship it, so it's $10 plus $4 shipping, I'm still listing at $14. So at the same, it's going to cost them the same no matter what. But I know for at least for me, and I think a lot of other people, uh, when they see an item only costs $10 and then you have to add the like 4 to $6 it costs to ship, you like kind of second guess yourself like, oh, it's $16. Do I really want that? Um, so when they know it's $16 with free shipping, I just think it gets them in a better mind state uh, instead of making them second guess their purchases. That's just a thing that I think of. It's my opinion. Um, it's up to you whether you want to do free shipping or not. Uh, you can do whatever you'd like to do. Um, also, another question I get is, do you do offers on all of your items? Uh, I do do offers on all of my items. Uh, I really like them. Even if they're low ball offers, I still really like getting offers just because I know that people are actually seeing the listing. So even if they're doing like a super low ball offer, at least I know that my listing is getting seen and people are viewing it and people are watching it and there's activity on the listing. I also think, I don't know for sure if this happens, this is just something I kind of noticed. Um, whenever I get an offer, I usually get more than one offer and then that offer will end up turning into either an offer I'll accept or a full price purchase. So offers on listings is really nice. Um, and another question I get is how do you uh, uh, deal with lowball offers? I will 100% always counter lowball offers. I will rarely, rarely ever decline offers. Um, I actually don't even know if I've really ever declined an offer. Maybe if like a super, super, super lowball offer, like $1 on a $100 item, I'd still honestly probably counter um, just because I think it's funny. But um, so I'll always counter and that's the same thing I think. I don't know for sure, but whenever I start countering a lot, I think I get more views or more people. It goes higher up in the search results or something, but I end up getting full price purchases more often after I counter. So I would almost never decline offers uh, and then just always counter offer. It doesn't hurt. I mean, it's up to you whether, obviously, if you want to accept the offer or counter offer, um, that's up to you whether you want to make the sale or not make the sale, uh, it's up to you. But I always counter offer when uh, dealing with lowball offers. So um, another question I just forgot recently that I think could help people is, what do you do if someone tells you to text them outside of eBay? Uh, never, ever text anyone outside of eBay. If someone says, I'm really interested in the item, but can you please text me this no at this number to so we could make a deal work out or something. The, I get that often, that message quite often, um, especially with like more high demand items. Um, I get that message really often. Uh, just don't ever, ever um, text those numbers. It's 100% a scam. Don't do it. If you're doing like a local deal, like, and they're saying like, just give me a call, like that's a different scenario. But if it's on eBay, um, I would recommend never doing that. Um, 
don't ever, if anything seems out of the ordinary on a listing, like let's say you have a $10 item up on eBay and they, uh, make an offer for like $45. Don't accept that off either. I would just ignore that or counter or do something. That's most likely when I would decline an offer. Um, that's just a scam. They won't pay 99% of the time. They won't pay if they offer above your asking price. Um, that's another scam I see often. Uh, but don't ever message those people. And if you ever think it's a scam, it's most likely a scam. <laughs> Just a like quick little tip. If you think it's a scam, it's probably a scam. Uh, another question is, um, what items should I sell on Amazon? So we're going to get into a little bit of Amazon questions. Um, the categories that work well for me are books. Uh, I sell some grocery items and some video games are really the three that I focus on on Amazon as well. Um, books are great. Very uh, recommended by me to sell books uh, if you're just starting on Amazon. They're very cheap, very easy to find, uh, low risk. So they're a great way to get your foot in the door for Amazon. Uh, groceries as well are pretty cool. You can find groceries at like the discount stores, um, discount grocery stores, obviously, uh, and just scan a lot of things and you can almost always find something there. I've had some success. I haven't been doing it a lot of groceries. Um but the little I've done, I've had some pretty good success at it. So groceries are great. And then video games are great, as always. Um, love selling video games. Um, but if you're selling on Amazon, just starting out, just scan as much as you can. Uh, and eventually you'll run into something. Another thing is, how do you create a shipment for Amazon? Um, I've gotten this question quite often. Uh, creating FBA shipments is kind of confusing. I might eventually end up doing my own thing. Um, on how to create a shipment for Amazon, but I don't really have any plans on doing one soon. So for now, I'll link a video in the description of this podcast to a link that really helped me out a lot. Um, it's a great video. It explains everything really well. Uh, it helped me out a ton when I was first getting into Amazon. Um, so I might eventually make my own, but for now, uh, this video helps out a lot. So I'll be sure to make a link in that to so you guys can watch it. Another question is how do you price your, uh, um, items on Amazon? Uh, if you're doing Amazon FBA, I would always recommend pricing against the buy box. Um, if you don't know what that is, the buy box is kind of just like the buy it now button, uh, for Amazon. So you always want to have your items show on the buy box if you can. Um, that's a whole nother question to get into later on another podcast about buy box, but you always want to compare against that price uh, or other Prime offers. So if another person is selling Prime, you want to match those prices. If you're doing Prime by doing Amazon FBA, that's what Prime is. You get that Prime stamp on your listing uh, because Amazon's shipping it with Amazon and they do their really fast shipping, you know. Um, so if you get that Prime stamp doing Amazon FBA, you always want to make sure you're comparing your price to other people that have that same Prime stamp and people, not people that are selling it themselves through Amazon MF. Um, so make sure if you're doing Prime, you compare to Prime prices. If you're doing Merchant Fulfilled, uh, compare to Merchant Fulfilled prices. Um, I usually do, if it's a really low-ranked product, I will either do it at the buy box or a little bit above a buy, the buy box. Um, I will almost never uh, cut down on a, like a super good low-ranking book or whatever, um, just because that price will almost always stay the same. Uh, don't worry. If you have a super low ranked offer or a super low 
ranking on an item, I would recommend keeping it the price the same or pricing it above just because that item will sell fast. Like, don't worry if you don't need to undercut on uh, super low ranked products. Um, just it's not necessary because you'll item, your item will sell very quickly um, if you have a super low rank uh, item. So no need to undercut on that. I will often undercut on items that are not super good ranked or if they're really high rank, I'll like undercut a lot. Um, so it kind of depends on what the rank is on how I price my items. But as I said, if you have a super low rank, I would recommend not undercutting. You're just cutting into your profits um, and other people's as well. So super low rank, don't undercut, match or price above. And then if you have the repricer going, um, it'll reprice to what it is. So that's just a little tip I have for pricing on Amazon. Um, and then how do you create Amazon shipments faster? Um, the thing that helped me out a lot is inventory labs. Uh, I really like inventory labs a lot. It makes shipping stuff, Amazon FBA so much faster. Uh, another thing to make it faster is getting a desktop scanner. Um, I just got a really cheap one off eBay about, I think it was like 20 bucks or so, 15 to 20 bucks. Just a little desktop scanner that has, um, an option to just stay on in general and you just plug it into your computer and you just literally scan the barcode. It'll pop up on inventory labs. You slick, you, you select the listing, um, compare the buy box price entered in, click next. It'll, and then another thing that I also helped out making shipments faster is, I'll print out the shipping label, the, um, sorry, the Amazon label, uh, as I scan each book. So when I scan a book, I enter it into my shipping, uh, queue and then the label will print out. So then I'll just get a huge long thing of labels and then I just label them all and they're all in the same order in the same stack as I scanned them in. So I can just scan, 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 get a huge stack, put the stickers and, um, label all the books in order. So that was a huge thing that helped for me. Um, and then that took me quite a while to realize. I used to just ship on 30-up labels um, and just print them out that way. And then 30-ups, uh, they don't really work all that well because sometimes you only have like 25 labels on your thing and you need all 30 to be filled out. And it's just a whole pain uh, in general. So a little label maker that prints out, um, I think it's, two inches by like one and five eighth inch labels, uh, for the ASINs. I have a Dymo as well for that. Um, super makes it way, uh, way faster and just speeds up the whole process in general. Um, so now onto the last question I'm going to say, uh, sorry. The last question is, uh, is reselling as a whole worth it? Uh, it's honestly up to you. I really, really like it. Um, I got this question the other day and I made me think about it a little bit. Um, it's really just what you want to get out of it at the end of the day. Um, if you only want it as like a part-time gig, it is super, super great for that. Um, it's just so nice to have like a little extra cash flow coming in, um, like a hundred bucks a week, 200 bucks a week to help pay some bills, pay for groceries for the week, pay for some rent, pay off some debt you may have. Like it's super nice if you just want to get that out of it. So at the end of the day, it's really just looking at what you want to get out of it and doing that. And then at the same end, it's going to be what you put into it. So if you're only putting in five hours a week of work into reselling or just selling in general, um, you're only going to get five hours out work of, of work out of it. So recognize that if you're putting in 50 hours a week, you'll get 50 hours out most likely just based on like sales and stuff. 
Um, you'll get more sales if you list more and all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, it's really what you put into it is going to make it worth it or not. Uh, and recognizing I'm not putting in enough work, so I'm not really getting what I want out of it. Um, so recognize that and determine that yourself if it's worth the time you're putting into it. Um, and also just learning, keep on learning. I'm in the process of doing that myself. I'm so new to this as well. Um, I'm right there with you guys. I'm still learning new things every single day about how to improve, how to do new items, new categories, new listing, new ways of selling. So I'm right there with you. Uh, this is going to wrap up this week's episode, episode number 30. Um, great milestone. Super excited to hit 30 episodes. Uh, let me know what you think as always on Instagram at flipping it underscore. And if you have any questions, love to answer all of your questions. I love, I've been loving hearing from you guys. So that means a lot. I'm really glad you're enjoying the podcast. I'm going to keep doing these every week on Tuesday, new episodes. Uh, hope you are having a great day and keep on flipping.